This is the April 9th reading of our Reading Through the Bible Together podcast. And before we jump into today's reading, I have to give a special shout out to my little sister, Abby, who is born on April 9th. April 9th will always be a special day to me for that very reason. And I will see if she is listening to the Bible podcast because I am being completely sweet to her and she will probably fall out of her chair. But I did want to give her a shout out. Now, I know you didn't come here to hear me be sentimental about my family. You came to hear the Bible. And that's what we're going to do is we're jumping back into Deuteronomy. We're going to read Deuteronomy chapter 33 for our Old Testament reading today. And that is where I will begin now. This is the blessing that Moses, the man of God, gave to the people of Israel before his death. The Lord came from Mount Sinai and dawned up us from Mount Seir. He shone forth from Mount Paran and came from Meribah Kadesh with flaming fire at his right hand. Indeed, he loves his people. All his holy ones are in his hand. They follow in his steps and accept his teaching. Moses gave us the Lord's instruction, the special possession of the people of Israel. The Lord became king in Israel when the leaders of the people assembled, when the tribes of Israel gathered as one. Moses said this about the tribe of Reuben. Let the tribe of Reuben live and not die out, though they are few in number. Moses said this about the tribe of Judah. O Lord, hear the cry of Judah, and bring them together as a people. Give them strength to defend their cause, help them against their enemies. Moses said this about the tribe of Levi. So what's going on here, guys, is uh, Moses is talking about each of the, the, the tribes of Israel, and he's giving each of them a blessing. Uh, and now we are moving on to the tribe of Levi. O Lord, you have given your Thuman and your Yermin, the sacred lots, to your faithful servants, the Levites. You put them to the test at Massa and struggled with them at the waters of Meribah. The Levites obeyed your word and guarded your covenant. They were more loyal to you than to their own parents. They ignored their relatives and did not acknowledge their own children. They teach your regulations to Jacob and they give your instruction to Israel. They present incense before you and offer whole burnt offerings on the altar. Bless the ministry of the Levites, O Lord, and accept all the work of their hands. Hit their enemies where it hurts the most. Strike down their foes so they never rise again. Verse 12. Moses said this about the tribe of Benjamin. The people of Benjamin are loved by the Lord and live in safety beside him. He surrounds them continuously and preserves them from every harm. Moses said this about the tribes of Joseph. May their land be blessed by the Lord with the precious gift of dew from the heavens and water from beneath the earth with rich fruit that grows in the sun, and the rich harvest produced each month, with the finest crops of ancient mountains and the abundance from everlasting hills, with the best gifts of the earth and its bounty, and the favor of the one who appeared in the burning bush. May these blessings rest on Joseph's head, crowning the brow of the prince among his brothers. Joseph has the majesty of a young bull. He has the horns of a wild ox. He will gore distant nations, even to the ends of the earth. This my blessing for multitudes of Ephraim and the thousands of Manasseh. Moses said this about the tribes of Zebulun and Issachar. May the people of Zebulun prosper in their travels. May the people of Issachar prosper at home in their tents. They summon the people to the mountain to offer proper sacrifices there. They benefit from the riches of the sea and the hidden treasures in the sand. Moses said this about the tribe of Gad. Blessed is the one who enlarges Gad's territory. Gad is poised there like a lion to tear off an arm or a head. The people of Gad took the best land for themselves. A leader's share was assigned to them. When the leader of the people were assembled, they carried out the Lord's justice and obeyed his regulation for Israel. 
Moses said this about the tribe of Dan. Dan is a lion's cub, leaping out from Bashan. Moses said this about the tribe of Nephtali. O Nephtali, you are rich in favor and full of the Lord's blessing. May you possess the west and the south. Moses said this about the tribe of Asher. May Asher be blessed above other sons. May he be esteemed by his brothers. May he bathe his feet in olive oil. May the bolts of your gate be of iron and bronze. May you be secure all your days. There is no one like the God of Israel. He rides across the heavens to help you, across the skies in majestic splendor. The eternal God is your refuge, and his everlasting arms are under you. He drives out the enemies before you and cries out, Destroy them, so Israel will live in safety. Prosper Jacob in security, in a land of grain and new wine, while the heavens drop down dew. How blessed you are, O Israel! Who else is like you, a people saved by the Lord? He is protecting your he is your protecting shield and your triumphant sword. Your enemies will cringe before you and you will stomp on their backs. This concludes our Old Testament reading for the day. We will now jump into Luke chapter 13 verses 1 through 21 for our New Testament reading. About this time Jesus was informed that Pilate had murdered some people from Galilee as they were suffering as they were offering sacrifices at the temple. Do you think those Galileans were worse sinners than all the other people from Galilee, Jesus asked. Is that why they suffered? Not at all. And you will perish too unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. And what about the 18 people who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them? Were they the worst sinners in Jerusalem? No. And I'll tell you again that unless you repent, you will perish too. And I love that Jesus brings this up, verses 1-4, through because it's still a theology that people... um, use today and and i see people using it on themselves and that is if i'm if i'm being if i'm going through a suffering if i got a sickness or a freak accident happened to me it must be that god is punishing me because i'm i'm a worse sinner than everybody else or you look at somebody whose life is is falling apart and it's easy to say man they that you know they're in such sin that god is punishing them they must have done something to deserve that or um even like as a nation like when nation were going through something and a lot of times in the old testament you will see God punish the nation of Israel. But he's not actually punishing the nation of Israel. He's disciplining them to bring them back. And so we can't really apply that now to the nations of the world. Um, God doesn't really, he punishes, it seems to me, more individuals now. Because as a nation, God's people are not Israel anymore. God's people are who? It's the people who believe in God. So what Jesus is saying here is don't think, ooh, I must be better than everybody else because my life's going pretty good right now. And if your life starts going bad, you start looking for sin. That's not always the case. In fact, that's rarely the case. And if it is the case, it's because God may be allowing things to happen, allowing you to feel consequences so that it draws you back to him. But he's never just punishing you for the sake of punishing you. Why? Because he punished Jesus. Jesus died for the sins of the world. God's not going to punish you again. It's very arrogant to think that God is punishing you again for what you've done when Jesus has already died and bled for the sin, Um, which is very humbling for those of us who things are going good for. Jesus would say here, no, 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 you're no better than anybody else. You need to repent or turn from your sins and turn to God. How do I do that? I put my trust, my faith in Jesus and what he's done for me. And it's also a confidence booster, maybe to some of you who are not doing so well right now, to realize, no, no, God loves you. He's not punishing you. You live in a fallen world where there's sin. Everybody suffers, but at least you get to suffer with the God of the universe holding your hand and right there beside you. I love that. Verse 6. Then Jesus told this story. A man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again to see if there was any fruit on it, but he was always disappointed. Finally, he said to his gardener, I've waited three years and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down. It's just taking up space in the garden. 
The gardener answered, Sir, give it one more chance. Leave it another year, and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. If we get figs next year, fine. If not, then you can cut it down. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was teaching in a synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. She had been bent over double for 18 years and was unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. Then he touched her, and instantly she could stand straight. How she praised God. But the leader in charge of the synagogue was indignant that Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath day. Let me pause. You know you're a religious nut when you're mad that somebody got healed on the wrong day. Like Jesus is, is healing a lady, and this guy's like, Hey, you're not supposed to do that on Sunday. Yeah, ask that lady if she cared. I, I, I hate how we do that as humans. Like we... Uh, Instead of just seeing where God is moving, we try to think, well, can God move there? And God's like, I'm, I'm already moving there. But whatever. You gonna, you guys want to talk about it, make rules about it, go for it. Verse 14, continuing. This is um, the synagogue leader. It says, there are six days. This is my best religious voice. There are six days of the week for working, he said to the crowd. Come on, those days to be healed, not on the Sabbath. Verse 15, I will probably never do that again on this podcast. I apologize. <laughs> but the Lord replied, you hypocrites. Each of you works on the Sabbath day. Don't you untie your ox or your donkey from its stall on the Sabbath and lead it out to water? This dear woman, a daughter of Abraham, has been held in bondage by Satan for 18 years. Isn't it right that she be released even on the Sabbath? This shamed his enemies, but all the people rejoiced at the wonderful things he did. Then Jesus said, What is the kingdom of God like? How can I illustrate it? It is like a tiny mustard seed that a man planted in a garden. It grows and becomes a tree, and the birds make nests in it in its branches. He also asked, What else is the kingdom of God like? It is like the yeast of a woman like a yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Moving on to the proverb of the day, Proverbs 12, verse 25. Worry weighs down a person. An encouraging word cheers a person up. Worry weighs a person down. An encouraging word cheers a person up. Oh, man. As I record this, we are in a, uh, a weary time as a nation. Um, if you're listening to this in the future, uh, it may not apply to you, but I would imagine it does because there's just always suffering. Uh, we're either in suffering or headed towards suffering or just got out of suffering. And uh, you, you just need to realize everybody's got enough worry of their own. Like I talked to a guy the other day, and he was just trying to give me more worries. And it's like, no, I've got, got enough of my worries. You know the people I want to be around are the people who are giving encouraging words right now. Like I, I have enough worry. I don't need you to tell me why I should be even more worried. Uh, the people I want to surround myself with are the people who are saying, it's going to be okay. We're going to make it through it. Because guess what? We are. And the most encouraging word of all is from one Christ follower to another, reminding me that I have... The gospel, the good news. The good news is not something I have to earn. It's something that has happened to me based upon what Jesus has done. His perfect life, his decisive resurrection, and his death, which we are about to celebrate on Easter. All of that together is the gospel. Jesus paid for my sins. So what's the good news? The good news is, is I've been freed from my past sins. I don't have to carry shame and guilt and fear. Uh, I've been given the Holy Spirit right now. Presently, it's good news. The Holy Spirit's going to lead me and guide me and protect me. And even when it looks like doors are slamming all around me, I know he's going to open the, the right door at the right time and, and help me walk through it for gospel mission. And ultimately, my friends, I have a hope, a grand hope, that one day Jesus is going to come back and restore his kingdom and there will be no more pain, no more sickness, 
No more tears, no more sadness. That's what I want to hear. And I pray that that word to you, my fellow Christian, is an encouraging word to hear even over the podcast. Proverbs 12, 25. Worry weighs a person down. An encouraging word cheers a person up. Moving on to the psalm of the day, Psalm 78, verse 65 through 72. Then the Lord rose up as though waking from sleep like a warrior aroused from a drunken stupor. He routed his enemies and sent them to eternal shame, but he rejected Joseph's descendants. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim. He chose instead the tribe of Judah and Mount Zion, which he loved. There he built his sanctuary as high as the heavens, as solid and enduring as the earth. He chose his servant David, calling him from the sheep pens. He took David from tending the ewes and the lambs and made him the shepherd of Jacob's descendants, God's own people, Israel. He cared for them with a true heart and led them with skillful hands. Yes, Lord, and we ask that you would lead us. Uh, Just as you led David and you led your people in the past, Lord, we need guidance now. We need wisdom. Lord, be with our leaders uh, in the church, uh, our leaders in government, our leaders in the home. Uh, Lord, pray that we would uh, be guided with wisdom from you in the way in which you would want us to go. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for this reading today. Amen. Thank you for joining me for today's reading. Happy birthday to my sister, Abby, one last time, and I hope to see you back here tomorrow for yet another day of reading through the Bible together.